Hello. Um, so the reading that we'll be reflecting on today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Please read with me. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and, and Father of Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which it produces in you patient endurance and the same sufferings we, of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is the word of the Lord. Good afternoon. It's great to be here with you. You may have been coming and expecting to be looking at Noah, nakedness, alcohol. But alas, instead we're looking at comfort of a different kind. Um, Justin, our senior minister, is um, he's been unwell, and so on Friday I received a call to say, you're in, and so we're doing this instead, 2 Corinthians. I was looking at the cover, trying to think about what, what kind of image of comfort it brings. Maybe it's like a, uh, a crumble of some kind, apple and rhubarb, maybe, whatever your guilty pleasure is. Uh, but keep the passage open as we go through it this afternoon, looking at the God of all comfort. It's one of those things when you put a service together, and you've put it together for a different passage, but then as you go through the service, you see the kind of themes of compassion and comfort come up throughout it, and you kind of think, ah, that's great, the Spirit's at work. In the call to worship, he calls his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. It's a great thing to remember. And then we sung of his compassion and grace to us uh, in the Lord Jesus in grace alone. So let's, um, let's continue to, to think about this theme of comfort, God of all comfort, that's held out to us. And my hope is that you'll be comforted and encouraged from our time together this afternoon over the next 25 minutes or so. Uh, but to begin with, in looking at the theme of, of comfort in this passage, it comes up a lot, but the other word that exists a lot in there you might have noticed is suffering. And our experience of suffering is, um, is often different. So it can be from different encounters or perspectives, in a sense. 
Uh, you might imagine it like the different ways you would encounter a boxing fight. Now, what qualifies me for this analogy? Absolutely nothing. Never boxed in my life. Never want to. Never been to a boxing match. Don't really want to. Did watch Rocky a few times growing up, though. And Creed II. You know, those guilty pleasures there in the uh, iTunes box. I have, I have to admit, I have looked at it. But I think we can all run with this analogy. So in, in a boxing fight, there's, there's three kinds of perspectives or encounters. There's, there's being in the ring. In the ring. If you're in the ring, you're fighting head to head, you're taking the hits, you might be on the ropes, you're feeling the fatigue. And that can be an experience in relation to suffering. So perhaps you're here this afternoon and that's your experience of suffering. You're feeling like you're in the ring and you're being pounded a bit. But then there's also those in the support role in the corner. They're there to towel down the boxer, to give them a drink, tend the wounds, and to give them encouragement, to exhort them. And so it might be that you're not suffering, as it were, but you're, you're close to someone who is. You watch, as it were, from the close sidelines. You, you feel the hits, almost, as, as they get pounded. You, you kind of wear their bloodstains. You're wearied with them in the fight. And so you're there, you're, you're trying to towel them down, you're trying to give them encouragement to continue, exhort them. Or perhaps you're, you're outside the ring. It's not that um, you're detached from it, but it might be, particularly in a, in a community like our own, you know that, 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 that there is suffering that, that exists uh, within the congregation, but you might not be closely associated. And so you might be thinking then, you know, what's my, what's my relationship to, to that person? How can I exhort them? How can I encourage them in the midst of their suffering? Well, it's like we're in the crowd. And in the crowd, what do you do? Well, as you watch from a distance, you seek to support through cheers and to encourage. And those three perspectives we're going to come back along to throughout. But it's helpful just to be thinking about, as we address this theme of comfort, and particularly in relation to, to suffering, to kind of think about those three categories. And it might be that you fall into more than one. Um, but it gives us a word for each of us. Uh, particularly in the face of suffering, how we can draw on comfort and be a comfort to others and how we can support others. Now, the dictionary definition of suffering is the state and experience of one that suffers. It doesn't help us very much. But suffering, if you look up the synonyms as uh, uh, the, the web page as you go down, it, it describes a whole stack of experiences, or words, misery, despair, uh, Suffering can be an ex from, from external factors, uh, but can be internal as well. It can be the presence of something, or it can be the absence of something. There's, there's many things which contribute to our suffering and feeling pain, whether it be physical or emotional. And the one guarantee we have in this life is that at some point we will suffer. And so as we come to this passage today, and as we think about the different ways that we encounter suffering, I think Paul gives us a real comfort, but also a real charge as to how we can care for one another in the midst of our community. And it's written by Paul, who in one sense is a seasoned fighter. He's, 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 he's a guy that has experienced real suffering, 
And this letter to Corinthians, a bit later on, he, he kind of catalogues it in this kind of section. And, and in the list is, is shipwreck, uh, lashes, stoning, and then the anxiety of his heart for the churches. So he was a man who was familiar with suffering, and so he penned these words to the Corinthian church as one who's been there. And so he serves, in a sense, as, as a good guide for us. Uh, the letter to 2 Corinthians uh, is quite possibly not the second letter to the Corinthians. So it's, it's a letter to the Corinthian church, uh, but it quite possibly is the second or the, or the third letter in, in, one of the, in one of the letters it speaks of um, another letter in which he wrote. But he, he's writing to, a, to a, a difficult situation. It's a difficult church. And it's a difficult time for Paul. His, his relationship with this church is strained. And this letter appears to deal with some, some unfinished business before he goes and visits them. And so before his arrival, he, he, he writes this letter as a way almost to prepare them, for them to open their heart to him and receive him when he comes. See, Paul is seeking to bring comfort to his readers, and in doing so, he wants to get them on side and for them to open their hearts to him and his pending visit. And he begins his address to those, in, in, in thinking about the experience of suffering, to those in the ring, comfort in sufferings, first point there. See, as you read through, did you notice the frequency? Suffering exists here in, a, in, in more frequency in a small section in the Bible than anywhere else in the Bible. There's whole books about suffering and God in the Bible, Job. But here, the word suffering itself is, is in quick succession. It appears time and time again. And it's surprising then that suffering is, is one of the themes of this passage, but yet it begins in verse 3 with praise. Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In its suffering, it begins with praise. It seems odd, doesn't it? How can he say that? Well, the, the other word to a similar scale is, is comfort. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3. And he tells us two things about why we can praise God in the midst of our sufferings. Because we have a Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Suffering and troubles are a given, but comfort here is is held out to us, held out in God himself. He is a father of compassion. The cries of, of children draw compassion from parents. The right cries from children draw the compassion from parents, or, or at least they should. I don't know what your experience is. It may not be as a parent yet, or even by your own parents, it may not have been as it should have been, but... but Real cries from children draw compassion. Perhaps you can remember when as a child you, you had that injury. You felt that, that pain. You experienced that heartache. And in the midst of it, in your cries, your parents met you with compassion. And here we're told in verse 3 that the God is the father of compassion in Psalm 103, it says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The word compassion here uh, has overtones of, of, of pity. 
but, but pity in a, in a positive sense. God hears the cries and he's compassionate towards those in distress. And for those of you who may be in the ring, in what you are facing, you may not understand what God is doing. But hear this. God is the Father of compassion. He cares. But he's also, second half of verse 3 there, the God of all comfort. The word comfort here isn't a kind of image to take away um, of kind of some Scandinavian trend uh, that might exist. Um, nothing wrong with Scandinavian trends, though. Um, but it's not a kind of there, there comfort, a kind of a, a kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling. But actually, it means to call alongside and to encourage. So the compassionate God comforts us. It means it's it's almost got an emboldening theme to it. It helps us. So the promise of comfort here is not a kind of tranquilizing dose of grace that dulls pain and gives contentment or feelings of contentment. God's comfort, his encouragement, is meant to strengthen weakened knees. It sustains drowning spirits. Because comfort is only as good as its source. And the source of the comfort here is God and how he is toward us in the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. In chapter 5, he will speak about how we're saved and reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus doesn't just save us and leave us where we are. Rather, he is the source of all comfort. He comforts us. He's helped he helps us endure with resolve and assurance. Suffering will come, and, and in these verses, it may even come on account of following Jesus. Did you see that there? He promises as much, almost. We share in his sufferings. But here, abundance is met with abundance. Suffering with comfort through Christ. Sharing in his his sufferings there, I, I, I take it to mean it's sharing in trials and difficulties that come in account of following our Lord Jesus. And perhaps you feel that. Perhaps the life that Christ calls you to means that you, you forego certain things, and it's hard. But where there are sufferings in abundance, Christ promises comfort in abundance. So some of you might be facing overwhelming suffering, be it physical pain or emotional pain, the presence or the absence of something, as we've spoken about, and it hurts. Maybe the cost is, is because you're following Jesus. You're in the ring, you're taking the hit. Well, God's word to us here is that comfort abounds through Christ. And how do, we, how do we tap that? How do we channel that comfort? Well, we cry out to our Father. Last week we heard about how prayer is having God's ear. God loves to hear the prayers of his children. You have God's ear, so go to him. It might be with tears and pleas and, and laments. It might be in confusion when you're perplexed by your circumstances. 
For he's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's the promise. Comfort abounds through Christ. And so that's why this section both begins and ends with praise and thanks. But perhaps you're, you're not in the ring, but you're in the corner, close to that person, taking the hits, and you feel it for them. Or perhaps you've had some experience of, of suffering in the past. The second title there is Purpose in Suffering, and, and I, you know, it's, it's a bit of an audacious thing to say in one sense, because evil and suffering are an intrusion to this world. In Genesis 1 to 11, we've been looking at God as he created this world and all that he intended for it. And then in Genesis 3, the arrival of, of evil and sin and the subsequent judgment and curse. It's an intrusion on this world. It's not how it is meant to be. And so Paul here does not so much give a defense of, of suffering. It's there. But he gives us a little bit of a picture and not an exhaustive picture about what it is for. And he addresses those in the corner, but it can also help those in the ring. Look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. In one sense, the logic of this verse says the comfort we receive from God in suffering through Christ we are both to give to and receive from one another. It's as if God does, God's comfort doesn't end with us or the one who receives it, but it is, it, is, it is passed on. So as we channel comfort through Christ, we are to channel it to one another. We see this logic work itself out in, in Paul's life and ministry to the Corinthians, but perhaps you've experienced that yourself somewhat. Your sufferings or another's sufferings have enabled them to bring, and the comfort that they receive from those sufferings have enabled them to bring a word of encouragement or a word of comfort to you in the midst of your own sufferings. I can remember in Sheffield we had um, a little girl in the congregation, Phoebe, uh, who, similar age to, to our eldest, she was five at the time, had a horrific cancer, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. It was devastating in the congregation. It, it, it hit us hard, but as you can imagine, it hit Phoebe and her family really hard. And here we were, as it were, in the corner on the sidelines, just seeing them get pounded by this thing. But what was you know, so amazing and encouraging in one sense is that as you, you saw them sought, seek out comfort in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, they actually channeled that to us as a congregation. It was through, through various ways and means, through, through updates, through conversations where they'd be gracious enough to, to draw you in on their own processing of it. It was through their, their worship in the context of when we gathered, you could see that they, they clung to Christ for comfort. Now, albeit rightly through, through tears, through frailty and struggle, but there was a, a real sense that we were comforted 
through them, in the sense that the sufferings that they experienced and the comfort that they experienced through Christ, they channeled to comfort others. They passed the comfort on, as it were, through Christ. Now, make no mistake, it came at great cost. We might not understand this, but in God's providence and wisdom, it's there for our benefit. Can you see that our sufferings and comfort we find through Christ actually help us to serve and care and love and comfort one another? Look at the way Paul describes his own trials and comfort in verse 6. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul, he has a, a kind of a willingness almost to suffer as a, a missionary so that others might come to know Christ and, and be saved. His distress, he, he describes, was for their comfort and salvation. The comfort he drew in suffering through Christ is too for their comfort to endure in the midst of their sufferings. But he is also preparing us to think about how we can bring comfort to others, to bring some spiritual good in Christ to others and in the life of our community. And perhaps you've seen this logic at work even in your own life. You've been comforted or been able to comfort others through suffering. Perhaps someone will be saved as a, as a result of seeing you go through a difficult trial or how you handle it. We don't know what that will be. And I don't say this to downplay suffering. Suffering is, is suffering. It's heartbreaking. It's overwhelming. The right response often is, is tears, pleas, and laments. Yet God enables us in the midst of our suffering and the comfort we receive through Christ to serve one another and to love one another in it. That's part of its its purpose, for lack of a better word. But there's more, because it, it also, we see here in verses 8 and 9, helps us to rely on God. To illustrate, Paul shares from his own recent experience and show how that functioned to help him rely on God, his own sufferings to rely on God. Verse 8, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We don't really know what they are. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. We don't know what his trials were, but look at the ways in which he describes them. Great pressure, beyond the ability to endure, despaired of life itself, like receiving the sentence of, of death. But Paul speaks further to the purpose of suffering when he says this. But this happened, in verse 9, as it continues, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He had perspective in the midst of it to see that his sufferings worked toward an ongoing reliance and hope in God. Does that mean he, he went looking for suffering or trials? Well, absolutely not. Does that mean that he shouldn't seek relief from them? Well, of course he should. But he, he saw, in a sense, purpose in them. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. 
I don't know from your own experience, but it seems often in, in those moments where we feel weakest that we most learn to rely on God. And the good news is that God is completely reliable. See, think, think sometimes where, where we do go to, to experience relief or, or comfort. Ultimately, they can't deliver us completely. They might temporarily. But here Paul says we can rely on one who truly delivers. We don't have to worry that he will come good. Why? Because God raises the dead. If, de- if death is the greatest problem we face, since God can raise the dead, then there is great comfort that he can help us in any problem we face. That's kind of what Paul's saying here. Verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. So this is, is part of, it's not exhaustive, part of what suffering is for, to draw us deeper into a relationship with God and reliance upon him. It still perplexes us, we don't understand why. But we can know that he will ultimately deliver us. But we have to be honest, don't we? This is, this is, this is hard. The difficulty is we don't have the perspective of hindsight it's often after, isn't it, how we can see that God has worked things or purposed things for our good, even bad things. It's very common to hear people speak about, and, and even people who might not have a, a belief uh, in a God, of difficult things being the best things that have ever happened to them. We can see purpose in it, but here we know that God will ultimately deliver us and the, the sufferings we experience, we do so with a Father who is compassionate and gracious. And so maybe it's, it's perhaps like a, a beautiful mosaic. A mosaic is, 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 you know, those artworks made up of, of little tiles. And if you, if you were to look at a section of it with the isolated tiles, it would make no sense between what this tile up here and over there. But as you stand back, that's where you get a picture of what beautiful picture is and often that's our experience isn't it we we experience life in in pieces isolated random and often painful and we we can't stand back and see the way in which god is orchestrating these things and the purposes that he has for them but paul calls us here that in the midst of this we can rely on god he is sovereign he is the god of compassion and he does promise to deliver us. And he will come through with the goods. Why? Because this is God who raises the dead. And finally, looking at sharing in suffering, perhaps you're outside the ring. You're in the crowd, connected and looking on, but you don't really know how to offer your support, your help to those in the midst of suffering. You have a desire to care, but don't know how to. Well, Paul gives us a word here too. Verse 10, second half, he says, On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. As you help us by your prayers. Paul here is helped by the prayers of many in the midst of his sufferings. Now, there is no suggestion that God is dependent upon human help or prayers. 
But Paul envisions that by their prayers, the blessings of deliverance from trouble would be granted so that many would give thanks to God. So it might be that you're on the sidelines or you're at the distance and you see your brothers and sisters suffering. You may feel helpless as to what to do. But take encouragement from Paul here. We can pray. Remember, God, we have God's ear. Although Paul is at a distance, Paul is confident, sorry, although at a distance, Paul is confident that God, through their united prayers, would do what they in themselves could not do, which was deliver Paul from trouble. It is through our prayers that God delivers people. And so, as a community, if we're, if we're looking on and seeing people struggling, suffering, Take heart that we can be of encouragement and help through our prayers as you help us by your prayers. Look at the end result. Verse 11, Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in answer to the prayers of many. When we see deliverance, God will be praised. And this is what it's all about. It's God's praise and glory. And so to close, it's a a word of comfort this afternoon. The reality is we we all suffer, might be different in degree, but it's it's, the same in kind. And our relation to suffering might be different. It might be that today you're you're in the ring, or it might be that, that you're in the corner, or it might be that you're watching on from a distance. But there's a word for each of us. In the ring, in the midst of suffering, go to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort through Christ. If you're in the corner and you're suffering, use it for the encouragement of others and the comfort as a channel to others. Remember that God helps you to rely on him in the midst of it and run deeper in reliance to him. And finally, if you're in the crowd watching on, pray for those who suffer, that God would deliver. But perhaps you're here this morning, and I mean this afternoon even, and you're not a Christian, and the God that we've spoken of might might perplex you, that he would allow suffering. Perhaps maybe that's the very reason that you have kept him at bay. I don't know your story, and I don't know your suffering, but I don't doubt that it's real and it hurts. But hear these words of encouragement this afternoon. There is a God who cares. He's compassionate. There is comfort on offer. And not a there, there kind of comfort, but a comfort that reaches into our circumstances through Christ and brings deliverance. And he can deliver because he can raise the dead but it requires that we come to him through his son. See, in suffering, the Christian has a father of compassion and a God of all comfort, shown by and channeled to us through the person of the Lord Jesus. Suffering still perplexes us, but that does not mean it has no purpose. And the great joy for the Christian is that we know that it has an end that we look forward to. So let us all go to the God of comfort through his Son. Let's pray. Father, we...
thank you for who you are. In this sober, sober reflection, in many ways, uh, we see you as the compassionate God, the God of all comfort. And Lord, you have drawn near to us in the person of your Son, the Lord Jesus, and so we praise you for that. But not only that we are reconciled with you, but there is great comfort an abundance of comfort in the Lord Jesus to embolden us in the midst of our sufferings. And so we praise you for that. And for whatever circumstances we're in this afternoon, whether we're feeling it up close and personal, whether we're on the sidelines or at a distance, Lord, we thank you for your word here. We pray that it might be a word of comfort. And may we as a community also be those that bring comfort to one another through our Lord Jesus. We praise you for him. In his name we pray. Amen.